everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Hot Widows Club podcast. My name is Crystal and I'm the hot widow of Eric. And with me, I have my very dear friend and hot widow, Allie, who is the hot widow of Ross the Boss. Yes. Hello. And today is a super exciting day in the Hot Widows Club podcast world because, brace yourself, it is our anniversary. That we've met. That we've met. That Crystal and I've met. We haven't had any other anniversaries yet. We will celebrate the podcast anniversary, though. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that's a great idea. I love that I get to have an anniversary with you, but I also hate it. Mm-hmm. So I really don't want to have this date. But I'm cool that I do, I guess. I wish I knew you before all this, too. I'm the same. <laughs> same <laughs> asshole before as after. That's one thing you get with me. It just is what it is. Uh-huh. But we will talk about this probably today. I bet a different you does emerge through grief. 1000%. And any of you widows who are out there listening to this can totally understand where we're coming from. I wonder if you stay the same. Do you just stay angry? Do you stay bitter? Do you stay sad? I don't know how you stay. In this journey? Yeah. Like, what if you didn't change? I I don't know. I I mean, I go through all the emotions all the time. So I'm, I mean, I still am angry some days, Mm -hmm. but I'm constantly evolving like a butterfly. Exactly. Beautiful, beautiful butterfly. And that's a sign from Ross. Yes. I bet. Yes, it is. You have another sign. I have not experienced anger and I'm wondering if it will come, how it will come. Maybe it's already come and I just haven't realized that is anger manifesting itself. Yeah. I just haven't gotten there through that emotion. I don't know if I can help you there. I definitely have felt anger. You know, why is this happening? Why did this happen to our family? Why did Ross have to suffer? It's a huge one for me. I still don't know why he had to die. I'm hoping one day that will be clear to me. I do feel like with this podcast, we're helping others So that's been kind of my new calling, a miracle, so to say, from this whole thing is not being afraid to talk about the hard things. When it comes to the boys, they've been talking about him more than they ever have. Oh, wow. Where every single night, Hank, my three-year-old, will come into bed with me and will say, mommy, let's look at videos. Let's look at pictures. And so for good 20 to 30 minutes, Every night for the last two weeks, I would say, he's wanting to look at videos and pictures nonstop. And he's just, he doesn't understand still, but I understand. And so it makes me really sad and angry that he doesn't have a dad who was an amazing dad. It'd be one thing if he wasn't, but he was. Right. And he would have been a great influence on them. And maybe he still will be. He will be, Allie. He's going to be. He is. He's doing it in a different way. He's doing it in a different way from a different place. I guess. I don't know. Like I have, I'm not an angry person. Like I don't get angry at most things. I grew up having four sisters and I used to beat the shit out of them. At least I thought. And then they would turn around and beat the shit out of me. And then I realized who was really in charge and they were. And I used to get so mad at them, like just so fired up, so red, so angry. 
And it took me a long time to get past that because when you have all these girls fighting with each other all the time, anger just was an emotion that went out the door. And I think it went out the door with me with control. When I finally, it resonated with me that I didn't have control and I wasn't in control is when I realized that anger was an emotion that benefited me. So I'm not angry, but there's something about like there's five major emotions or something. And I wonder if anger is the the top one and the others feed into it. And that's truly ends up being anger. I can't remember to look that up. Another episode. Yeah. I do think all of the emotions blend sometimes. Right. Like the sadness sometimes really is anger just showing in a different way. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Is that I think that it's manifested in different ways, but I don't, if I had to put a word to it, I wouldn't say it's the word anger, but I think the sadness and then that deep feeling of loneliness ultimately lends its way to some sort of anger. I think, I don't know. I think it's a mixture of of sadness, but I do think there is anger. Mm -hmm. Just from knowing you this last year, like I do know that we've had these conversations of like, why, why did this happen? I'm so mad that you're going through this. I'm so mad that you're feeling this way. This makes me angry that you have to feel this because we know how each other feel. Right. And we don't want each other to feel that way. No. We no. would do anything to help one another not feel that way. Right. And I just, I think you're right. I think it's, um, I think it's a mixture of emotions. Yes. 100%. It's a mixture. It's a lot of different things going on and who knows how it's really ultimately manifesting itself in one final word that you'd call a specific emotion. I think that's what cancer does to you. That's what grief does to you. It just, puts everything into this big ball, this huge mess inside your head as you have to untangle it. And maybe that's the fog that we talk about because grief is a fog. And as you start to untangle it, you start to clear out your head and you start to emerge from the fog. And then the fog comes back in and retangles everything. I don't know. Yeah. I would say the emotion that I would like define the most that I feel has to be the loneliness for Eric. Like I literally pine for him. I love him and I love being with him. And I love that my kids had him. And so I miss him being there alongside my kids. And I'm lonely because I don't have that partner to talk about my kids with. I don't have that partner to help me raise my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't have that partner to be alongside me. I agree. I like, I 1000% feel the loneliness. I have felt really upset this last week, but it's okay to feel all of these emotions. It's okay to be angry, but it's a mixture of all these things. Like I also feel extremely happy. Like my happy times are like magnified, but yeah, it's, it's, this loneliness that is so unbearable. Like it's just eats at me and I feel it so much this week. It's like, it's harder to move forward than just to stay where we're at. And so I'm proud of us for trying to live, to do, to, we are living and we're doing all of these things, which is a lot harder than just staying where we're at just sticking with how we feel and living in that. 
And so I'm proud of us. So I have a story to share. This is about Jackie Kennedy. And my mom actually texted Crystal and I this. And we both had, I don't know, a feeling. So I had chills. Yes. So we'll, I'll share this and then Crystal jump in. When President Kennedy was shot on a common road in Texas, the Monsignor gave him the last rites in Latin on that road. It translated to, if you are still alive, I absolve you of all your sins. Still in shock, Mrs. Kennedy asked the Monsignor if God was with her husband when the bullets hit the back of his head. Monsignor said, no, Mrs. Kennedy, God was with you. I still have chills from that. I remember the way I felt when Eric died. Yeah. And I'm not deeply religious, but I felt definitely there was a energy around me. There was a spirit around me for sure. And I was laying next to him when he died, which I think you were too, right? With Ross. Yeah. Yeah. I was laying right there. I heard him take his last breath, like that staggered last breath. And the way my heart sunk into my belly mm-hmm. with that last breath. And then the emotion and the, the way something came out of me that day. Like, I don't know, something left me, but something was also with me. Did you feel that? Yeah, it's hard to describe, but I felt a warmth of comfort. And I felt a power that I've never felt before. And I was laying with Ross and I had my hand on his chest and Gus was with me. He was laying with me Mm -hmm. and I was talking to Gus about what was happening Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I had to say to, to Gus, I said, daddy is in heaven. and. I couldn't control what came out of me. I was shaking and I was crying. And uh, Gus looked at me and he looked scared. And so I grabbed him and I said, mommy's okay. Mommy's just Mrs. Dad. And I'm mommy's okay. And I just kept saying that over and over. And I remember feeling so strong after that, like just this power of strength, which had to have been God because I don't know where else that strength would have come from, but it was, it was so powerful. And to feel his last heartbeat, my hand was like on his chest and to feel it stop, to feel the warmth of his body change and to be holding Gus at the same time, who was, you know, super hot and super warm and just to feel the differences. And that story just resonates with me so much because it's so true when you're going through something and you feel like so low, I really do believe that like God is with you and he's there to strengthen you especially in those moments of trauma. 
of those moments that change your life forever and Mm -hmm. will stay with you. That's what trauma does, right? It changes your life forever. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being just wrapped in that, that energy and my very best friends were there and they just, oh my God, like their, their support during that time and that, like that euphoric feeling that Allie talks about, you know, my, my approach to it is more of like an adrenaline approach and it was just intense and scary. And I don't remember if you thought this Allie or not, but it was like, holy shit, what just happened? Like I knew what happened, but then that night I just remember melting and being like, oh my God, this is real. It really happened. And I had so much going through my head, yet I could not focus. I remember we had some friends that came over that night and I just remember laying on my couch, lifeless. Like I was sitting there and I just was leaning over completely lifeless in awe of this trauma that had happened to me. And waking up the next morning, same thing. It was like this breath of energy and someone was with me helping me to get through. I don't know how that spirit was there. I'm sure it was Eric pushing me through, knowing I had to do what I had to do. But that feeling of something else that wasn't real, that you couldn't see or touch or feel was there, was there. That's probably what that warm feeling is that I get all the time. Yeah. But that's such a powerful story. I know. It really touches me. Mm-hmm. I've thought about that so many times since your mom sent that to us. Yeah, I have too. Because I really feel like that's what happened. And I didn't, I didn't, wasn't thinking that at the time. It really wasn't. Obviously, we're distracted and you're thinking of your own, like what, you're just in a daze. And um, I immediately was trying to protect my my children and making sure that they were okay mm-hmm. and so that they weren't scared because you, you know what goes through your head at least what went through my head is it, I don't want this to be a huge traumatic event for them mm-hmm. to live with their entire life but I also all of the doctors and and the child life specialists said just be open with them as much as possible but to also guard them from your feelings a little bit. It's okay. Like to hide that, which is what I do. I, which is also part of the loneliness because I don't have that person to talk to. You know, it's not like I can at night, I'm talking to two little kids about whatever's going on that day, you know, and it's hilarious and it's fun and it keeps me young. And I'm so thankful for it because it breathes life into me. But I so miss like being able to talk about my day. You know, I can't, I can't talk to them about my day. Right. From start to finish. No. Right. Like I care about what you did all day long. I do. But it's not the same as talking to your partner. No. Like from the time you got up and, you know, Ben's throwing me shade about, you know, not having any clean shorts to wear, you know, and the girls won't get out of bed and, you know, whatever I have to do for the day, come home and, tell Eric about my workout or I just want to continuously be able to talk to him whenever I want throughout the day. Yeah. I was telling someone, uh, I think just today about how, well, I have this conundrum about Eric's cell phone 
So I have his cell phone, I have his phone number, and I refuse to turn off service. So yes, I'm making really bad fiscal decisions and I'm paying for a line of service that no one uses. But it's his and I go back and I read the text messages between him and I and it reminds me of our conversation. So like when I want to talk to him, I just go back and I read the things that we used to say and I try to go back as far as I can to hear good conversations, not conversations about cancer. And I can picture like him typing, Eric hated to text. And so I don't know, I just feel a little bit closer to him. So I'm having a really hard time considering giving up his phone and phone number. The story is that my daughter needs a cell phone. And do I want to add another line and pay for that or transfer Eric's line to her? And so I'm torn between giving his legacy to her, which would be special, or keep it and just get her her different line. Yeah, that's a hard decision. I know. It's a big, it's a big one I have to make and I have to make it soon. But you wouldn't lose all those text messages, would you? I don't know. Kids are, she has, I don't know. I think I take the SIM card out. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I have no idea. If you know out there, yeah. let us know. Yeah. You, oh my gosh, you can reach us so many different ways now. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Hot Widows Club podcast or Facebook at the Hot Widows Club podcast or uh, through email at the Hot Widows Club podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, let's take a survey. What should Crystal do? Yeah. And if you have some guidance on this, since neither of us know, how can we save all of his text messages and everything from his phone, but then be able to give it to her daughter with not all that on there, right? Yeah, definitely. Allie, I think that we've talked over the last couple of weeks, but you haven't shared with me, but you have had a couple signs. Yeah. That Ross is sending you. Tell me about those. Yeah, I've had a lot of signs. Um, and I told, I talked about the, the rainbow butterfly from the airport. And I've had another rainbow butterfly. It has to be him. The coincidence is just too much. And for all those, I don't know if I've shared this on here, but there's a book called signs. So if you're really into or interested in this or have lost somebody and you just are looking for signs, I really recommend this book called signs and you can get an audio book. I listen to it, but it just helps you be kind of more open to it. And I don't know, you just have to listen, but we were at, um, putt putt. It was me and the boys. We were my boys are really into golf and putt-putt. Mm-hmm. And so we were at this place in Omaha. And so at the end, there are all of these like gumball machines and like you can get little trinkets out of them, like tattoos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I gave them each a dollar and there was, a, and I know you guys have all seen this, but there's jewelry ones, you know, where you can get like bling. I think yeah. it's called, it's all like gold chains and like (laughs) rings and stuff like that. And my sweet three-year-old was like, mommy, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you some jewelry. So he put his 50 cents in and, um, pulled it out. And I'm not even kidding you. What comes out is not gold. It's not anything gold that it showed. It was a ring, but it had a 
rainbow butterfly oh my on the ring. And and er, Hank is like, mommy, look, a butterfly. And I'm like, oh my. And I just got, we got in the car after that and I just was crying. I, oh I usually- I have chills. Right. I, and Ross loved to get me jewelry. Like, just loved to do it. And so, this just was so Ross. But as I said before, I've just been having a hard week. And it's, it's hard when you have little kids to be able to express that to them. As a matter of fact, you shouldn't do it all the time and you shouldn't like ball in front of them. It's okay to cry. And so we've talked on here a lot about how to like where to cry because they're always on, always around you. Right. You have, you have a couple that are just always lurking. Always right? lurking. All of them are lurking. <laughs> and so I cry a lot in the car and I'll even cry when I'm driving them and they don't, like they don't, they're not aware of it. I make mm-hmm. it very quiet. I do that too. And so I was crying in the car on the way home after that because, um, but like almost like a little bit of happy tears because he's still here and he's still looking after us and he still like loves me. Of course he <laughs> loves you. Are you crazy? You're fucking nuts. He loves you forever. I know he does. I'm just saying like, that's his sign that he. Yes. He thinks you're the cat's meow. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, that is the sign. That is a great sign. That's beautiful. I have not had like a sign like that. Allie has turned me onto that book. I'm going to read it. I'm more of a reader. I'm more of a tactical person. So I like to read my books. So I have been turned, I've been like reliving my life through music. Yeah. And I'm so grateful because I was so into music. Eric was so into music and I just shut it out of my life for a really long time. And so I've got it recently been like re-energizing myself with music and having a blast with it. I feel so good when I'm listening to music. In fact, if I'm not, I'm sad. Like I love, love, love my work. I love my coworkers. I love everything I do. They're really cool people. Huge shout out to these badass people I get to work with every day. But if I have to call one of them on the way down to work in my 30 minute drive and I don't get to listen to my music, I've been getting sad lately. I'm like, I don't want to call you. Like I care about you, but I don't want to call you. I want to listen to music instead. Yeah, It's my time. And so I used to use that time last year when I was sad and really in the thick of my grief, I would get up five in the morning, four in the morning, do my workout, get home, get dressed, get ready for work, make my phone calls. I start business on the East Coast and then I go all the way to the West Coast to wrap up my day. And so it would just be phone call after phone call after phone call. And now I'm just filling that time with, I'm not going to call. I don't need to do that. I'm limiting my time between here and here and off we go. But that's not neither here nor there. Music is what's important in this situation. So in my house, we have outgrown bikes and bikes are very expensive things. And Eric does not let me buy like cheap bikes. So he always had wanted the kids to have really nice bikes. And so I don't have enough nice bikes to go around. And so I, and I'm not going to buy more cause I'm too cheap for that. So I have to ride Eric's bike and I just got on it this weekend. So I get Eric's bike out, which he's super tall. So it's way too tall for me. And anyone who's like an avid bike rider would be like, oh my God, that girl looks ridiculous on that bike. It's probably hard to get off and on. It's not that bad. 
So I get on the bike, of course, and immediately get horny because I'm like, oh God, Eric, <laughs> on your bike. Oh my God. <laughs> and I take off and I'm riding. And as I'm riding, all I can feel is Eric. Like I can feel him. Like I can feel him there. Like I just felt his presence. Like I feel this aura. And every song that comes on is Eric's song. And so I'm thinking about him. I'm talking to him as I'm riding this bike, feeling so alive, thinking about him. And if you're a Dead fan, like a Grateful Dead fan, like it's not super common that the song Casey Jones is going to come on. It just is random. So Casey Jones comes on and Eric was dying to get me to name our son, Casey Jones. And I'm like, no, it's a stupid name. And like, it's not for me, but like for him to, he was a huge music guy and like just wasn't going to happen. But it was a sign. Like I was feeling him so much. He's responding to me through music because the Amazon music like playlist, their shuffle feature is pretty crappy. So like for that to just pop on so random. Yeah, it was a sign. It was totally a sign. You have also, when we hang out, you also will be like, Allie, this song that just came on reminds me of you. Like you are very in tune to music. Mm -hmm. When we did our little retreat over July 1st, uh, you were like, Allie, this song just came on and it's like, so you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just funny how, not funny. It's it's Crystal. It's you. Yeah. You are, music speaks to you. Totally. Do you want to know what the song was? You can identify, like, songs, rem- like, you think of people, certain people, and it's it's really cool. Yeah. So if you all want to know what your song is, just ask Crystal. <laughs> I've got one. I have one for everybody. Yeah. But Allie's song is She's Like a Rainbow from the Rolling Stones. And she is. It just oh. reminds me of her. I don't know why, but it does. Thank you. I never forget that either. I don't forget much. Yeah. I may get foggy, but I generally don't forget things. Oh, I looked up the author. So it's called Signs, The Secret Language of the Universe by Laura Lynn Jackson. So if you're interested in reading that, I would recommend it if you're looking for signs. Awesome. I also looked up the five basic emotions. So I'm assuming that some of the other emotions that I feel are secondary emotions to the primary, which are anger is the primary, fear, sadness, disgust, and enjoyment. Like that movie. What's that Disney movie or is it Pixar where it talks about the emotions? Yeah, we should have known that. <laughs> yeah, because there is one that's discussed. Yeah. So anyways, so the secondary, like the secondary emotions, like loneliness. Yeah, I was um, going to say, I don't think that's a main. Jealousy. Mm-hmm. Like those things are going to feed into all of these. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Well, when I say I don't get angry, I don't feel that emotion in my mind. Like that's not where my mind goes. But I think those secondaries would classify it clinically under the word anger. I think. I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist. I just play one on my podcast. I'm I'm not even going to try. 
So one of the things that Allie and I have done recently is begun to share our podcast on social media, which is scary to us because we don't even know how to use it. And neither of us have any intention of using this podcast as something self-serving. Our purpose with our podcast is to get it in the hands of those who need it, those who need to hear the message, those who want to hear the message, those who benefit from our message to find their healing path forward and to, to find their purpose. And in order for us to do that, we thought that tonight we would do a quick Q&A about getting to know your host. So we um, wanted to ask each other a couple questions so that you guys can get to know us just a little bit better outside of the word vomit I generally elicit on this podcast. So Allie, one of the questions that my friends have asked me about you and I never disclose, so you have to tell the truth here, is what do you do for a living? Ah, okay. So I am a CPA. I have a CPA license and I am the chief financial officer at a company here in Omaha. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay. So my friends have asked, since you talk a lot on here about, you know, eating right, you don't put potions in your body. Can you maybe quickly describe what you have eaten today? Like what is, what do you Mm. eat on a daily basis? Um, well, today I ate some almond yogurt, so made with almond milk. I don't use any dairy because I firmly believe that dairy is not a necessary food and it's full of hormones. And I try to keep all hormones out of my body, but I ate an almond yogurt with strawberry, blueberry, peach, and banana and chia seeds. And then I ate some smoked salmon. Yummy. And some raw green beans and raw cucumbers. From the farmer's market? Yes. 120 ounces of water, which is my goal every day, and 24 ounces of sparkling water. And yes, I keep track of how much water I drink on a daily basis. Do you drink caffeine? I drink more caffeine than any human should ever drink. I drink a shit ton of coffee. Like how many cups a day? Eight to 12. No. Guarantee. Wow. I drink one before I go to the gym. Okay. And it's all black, just black All black. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, one before I go to the gym, one when I get home, one on the way down to the office, which is like a 30 minute drive for me. And then one at the office. And then if I can get my hands on more, I would. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I do drink a lot of caffeine. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. I was just curious. Mm -hmm. I drink minimal, despite what I talk about on the podcast, I do drink minimal alcohol. When I talk about alcohol, it's like Two drinks max if I have a drink, but I don't put a lot of alcohol into my body. Like weekly or like how frequently? Oh, lately it's been more frequent. Uh, Last year, none. Last year I didn't drink at all because I was worried that if I drank, I wouldn't be able to control myself. So I didn't drink. I made a conscious decision that alcohol was not a part of my healthy journey forward. So I don't drink it. I didn't drink at all. And then this year, I have a friend who kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. And he was like, you need to live. You need to stop being so such a square. And so I did. And that's been fun to feel like I'm living again. And, you know, I'm not worried that I'm going to like drink a lot, but it is kind of nice just to let loose and have a drink every now and then. 
And so that's been fun. I feel like I'm amongst peers now. Like I'm not always just drinking water. But yeah, so that's my day. When I get home, I'll probably have, I imagine I'll toss some chicken on the grill and eat some plain chicken breast and broccoli. No, 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 no. I grilled um, I some ground chicken I browned up this weekend and Brussels sprouts. So I'll put that together and that's what I'll eat. But I eat bland food. So white meat, no pork, except for bacon on my birthday. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, water. Tequila, vodka. <laughs> okay, Allie, are you originally from Omaha and do you have siblings? Yes, from Omaha. I have uh, three siblings. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I have twin brothers and a little sister. Okay. I'm the oldest. Yes. You strike me as the oldest. Why is that? Because you're very caring. You're very nurturing. You're very responsible. You carry a lot of responsibility. I think that's a trait of a firstborn. Yeah, I think that's right. So I think that's why. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So what is one thing that you miss the most about Eric? It has to be a little thing, not a big thing. Like what little thing that he used to do for you every day that you miss the most? Well, I have two things. And part of what I'm trying to work through because I miss it so much as part of the loneliness is that I would come home from the gym and I would get in the shower and he would ask if he could get in the shower with me every morning. No lie. Every single morning he would ask me that. And the fact that like he's not there anymore, like that's sad to me. Like nobody cares if I'm taking a shower anymore. And that's a little thing mm -hmm. that I miss. Yeah. Let me take that deeper that I guess nobody cares what I'm doing. He cared what I was doing. Yeah. He loves you. Yeah. Unconditionally. Yes. And he wanted to be with you all the time. Yes. He wanted to know what you're doing because he wanted to do it too. Right. What is one thing that you, if you could change anything about this past year, what would it be? I guess I wish I would have started talking about this sooner. Like basically started this podcast sooner just talking about my grief more, you know, to those that care to listen, mm -hmm. because I think it's just so important to talk about it and to not be afraid to talk about it as a lot of people are. And to just kind of open that, open that door. I think that's the biggest one. Yeah. I don't really have any other regrets. I, yeah, I, I mean, I've had a really as shitty as it's been and as sad as I have been, I've had a really great year. Number one, I haven't had to worry about cancer. Like the minute that Ross passed that worry, that stress of like always wondering if Ross is okay. Like when you go through this, yes, Ross had, Ross was probably unique in the fact that he lived his life as normal as possible while going through treatments. He was a rare breed, but I still worried constantly about him. Every single night I would make sure that he was breathing, you know, just because I just worried. Yeah. I forgot that. Like every night I would <sighs> just touch him to make sure he was still breathing. Yes. And 
whenever he would go, when we would be anywhere and he would have to go to the bathroom, I would just worry and I would wait for him to come back just to make sure he was okay. Yeah. And so to have that worry of, is he okay? Like that, I will say that was something that went with him and I don't have to worry about him. I know that he's in a really good place. I know he's at peace. I know that he's with us. I know he's not in pain. And I know he is so freaking proud of me. Yeah, he and is proud of you. That is something that I've taken with me. And I've honestly been just so proud that I have freaking lived this last year. I mean, we haven't stopped. We have continued to do all the fun things and work our butts off at figuring out this damn house shit. I Mm -hmm. hate house shit. I do too. It's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing at at my house. Your house is perfect. It's perfectly perfect. It's a work in art, but I, I have no regrets. Like I just feel like I have done the best I can, you know, I, I could. We're doing it. We're getting by. We're doing it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for those of you who are going through this, like, to Allie's point, I forgot all about like the touching Eric to make sure he was breathing. I remember working upstairs in our loft and coming down and seeing him laying there and his breasts really shallow and just coming in there and like shaking. He's like, stop, I'm fine. But I was worried all the time. But when that goes away and death happens, like that death is the trauma. Like everything leading up to that is hard. But the actual act of the trauma of the death for me was the worst. When that went away, it did take a burden. And we are living, Allie. Yeah. We are living and we are doing great. Right. Yeah. Like when we have these moments that are sad, like, no, for those of you, you all have them. You've seen it. You know what it's like. You know what it's like. It's I, Allie and I say to each other all the time, ride the freaking wave, right? Ride the freaking wave because that's what grief does to you. And it does. We've talked to this before. It gets easier. It gets hard. It gets easier. It gets hard. You know, Allie and I are in two different journeys. Many of you have given us feedback that you can tell Allie and you are very different. And, you know, she's more calm and you're crazy. And, you know, there's just so many different things that go on between us. But there's one shared thing is that we're all riding a wave, but it's a different wave. It's a different wave for Allie. It's a different wave for me, but it's the same concept. Yeah. And you're all on a wave too. And no matter like you might not agree with what we say and we might not agree with what you say, but the reality is that doesn't freaking matter because we are all in the same ocean riding these damn waves every day. Yeah, exactly. I, I, over the weekend, again, I've said this many times, I've just had a really hard week. I felt really lonely, but also what has shaken me is that at my church, at my parish, this family, they're 18 month old choked and ended up in the hospital and ended up passing away over this weekend. And they donated his organs, which I just think is, you know, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. It's like I told Crystal, we talked about this on this morning. A lot of people tell us, I still get it. I can't imagine what you've gone through. I can't imagine what you've done. And I can't imagine. And that saying always drives me crazy because it's like, you can't imagine. 
you can imagine losing your husband. You can't imagine losing your spouse. You can't imagine losing a child. We just all choose not to imagine it because it is so freaking painful. It is crushing. And so we, we guard ourselves. We guard ourselves from not thinking about it, from not even letting our minds go there and to tell ourselves, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, everybody, you can't imagine. You just don't want to go there. Yeah. But what I'm, I guess when I was this weekend, when I was thinking about this family and I was thinking about this little boy's mom and dad and his brothers and his grandparents and all those that are surrounding him, I just felt that pain. I felt that pain of, it was a reminder of when I had to say goodbye and saying goodbye is so hard. It's so hard. And to watch somebody take their last breath is just, again, it just is something that changes you. And so I thought about them and I thought about how they had to drive home that night with an empty car seat. I thought about how they had all these diapers that they couldn't use anymore about how they didn't have that baby talk, you know, babbling um, or the little waddles when they're walking, you know, they don't walk straight. And uh, it just, this is all just a reminder of how we cannot take things for granted. Mm -hmm. We can't. And to just play with your kids, call your parents, take your kids to visit their grandparents. Tell your in-laws that you love them, even if they drive you crazy. You know, visit with your friends that you haven't seen in a while. Just tell people how you feel. Tell them you love them. Right. Because you just don't know. And you don't know what other people are going through, too. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going through something. Every, everybody is. And so just... I don't know. That was just what I was feeling all weekend. Yeah. You never know what's going on behind closed doors. No. And I talk about this a lot. Everyone says, well, you know, well, this is so-and-so's life or they have this and they have that. Listen, you have no idea what goes on behind closed doors because if you see me out in public, you might think, oh, she's got it all put together and, you know, she's doing just fine. And then you see me behind closed doors, sprawled out on my bed in the spot where my husband died crying, trying to feel him, right? Or you see someone who two parents who are walking their dog together and you're thinking, oh man, they must be having this perfect life. And they just found out that their, you know, their child passed away or, you know what I mean? Like you never know what is going on behind closed doors. Yeah. And we speculate so often in this life and it's hard. And um, you know what? Live your best life for yourself, but also find purpose in supporting and understanding others and their journey and where they're coming from. It's so important. Right. One thing that I I noticed is that sometimes empathy, we've talked about this a lot, empathy and being vulnerable, you can go through the same thing. Crystal and I have gone through very similar things, not the same, but very similar, but we each have different takeaways. And so to be empathetic is to 
listen to the other person and feel and know that how they're feeling is the right way because that's them. Yep. And, and, and that's what we all need to do is not take what we think that person should be doing or right. how that person should be feeling because that's how I would feel. It's however they're feeling, yes. whatever they're doing is what the right way is. Yes. And that's what we all need to do in this world. Right. I call that letting it happen, right? Let that happen. It's not your problem. Let that person have that emotion. They need to be there. That's the space they need to be in to be them in the moment. Yeah. And just be with them. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Just be present. On that note. All right. On that note, we need to thank our listeners for all of your support through our podcast. Our goal, like I said, is to share that with anyone who benefits from this podcast. So please get this in the hands of those who need this the most. And know that Ali and I are here and you can reach us through um, any of our social media sites as well as our Hot Widows Club podcast at gmail.com email. And um, I've got one more thing. I want to turn over to Ali for a second before we wrap things up. Yeah, I just one last thing. Thank you all for the feedback, the love of our podcast. It means so much to us. I just can't thank you enough. But the last thing I wanted to share was that there is a race here in Omaha. It's like a 5K, but also a walk, a one mile walk. And I think there's a kid's dash, but it's called the Boxer 500. It's August 21st of this year. And I would love any of those that want to come support colon cancer awareness in honor of Ross. I would love you all to join us. Kids and I will be there. Yeah, we'll all be there and hopefully the weather will be good. But no matter what, we're going to do this. And so it's August 21st. It's called Boxer 500. We'll post on it on social media. Yes. Anyways, love you guys. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for everything. Signing off from the widowhood. Bye.